Okay, I've been told that it's my turn to read out the list of people who are supporting this caravan. Oh, if you don't know who this is, it's uh, Diglin. I'm pretty sure we've got a lot of important things to do, but I've been told that this is even more important than killing the raven hag who threatens my family and way of life. You know, I always found it best to get by on your own, you know, without the help of others, but this group is pathetic, and so you are literally keeping them alive. So, thank you, I guess. Here we go. First off, we got Mary Rain, Chris Walsh, and Mike Hammond. Thank you. Mike Pollard, Jason Campbell, and Olga Krasik. You're the best. Thanks so much. Michelle B, Noreen Elizabeth, and David Forsey. Gosh, thank you. Heather Baird, Cheryl Nash, and Chelsea Dab Hilke. You rule. And you too, Shell Scott. You're at the end. I did them in threes, and there was one more. So there you go. Your own shout out. I think that qualifies as doing the job I was asked to do. So again, so thank you for putting food in our mouths and gold in our pockets. When all this is over, I hope that you come visit me in whatever tropical place I decide to retire in. I'd love to shake every one of your hands. Anyway, on to the episode. Hello, Yuri Ditchdigger here, your resident law bard, to fill you in on what happened last week on Wonders and Blunders. When we last left the party, they had jumped their way into the ethereal plane by riding on the back of a bunch of fey spiders. When arriving there, they quickly realised it was not a place they wanted to be, and so to get home they cracked a plan to capture another face spider and ride it back to the material. That plan quickly went south when they figured out that these spiders were in some sort of terrible cult to an elder insectoid god in a realm that they could not comprehend in the slightest. So they quickly abandoned their plan and noped right out of that spider cave, and now they find themselves lost, with no way to get home. All hope seems to be lost. But I'm sure they'll be fine. They've been in tighter scrapes than this, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have. Let's see them solve some problems on this week's episode of Wonders and Blunders. Most of you, all of you except for one, are at the mouth of the cave. You are Which back one? on solid ground. <laughs> off the terrifying honeycomb into another dimension. Uh, around the hole that the Shrieking Skull retreated into are eight phase spiders, which are looking out towards you, but have stopped running after you and are now just swaying. So those of you with, uh, with dark vision, they're just sitting on the edge of your dark vision. These lights that were shooting up through the floor, through the webs, have calmed. Uh, mm -hmm. So the cave has gone back into darkness. Uh, Rowan, you are clutching the back of the Shrieking Skull mm -hmm. as it chitters and coos and sways in the center of this big room. The lights now in here have stopped dancing so much but are still glowing just outside of this infinite terrifying abyss all around you. Mm, so I can still see dimly in the room is what you're saying. You can see, yeah. And I've noticed that Teak uh, is dull and broken. Yes. Yeah, I would see that, and I would be—I would probably as quietly as I could, but it would still say it. Um, oh, oh, Teak, you—you—you uh, you, you are right there. You—you you gotta give me a sign or something. There, Teak. How, how are you doing, buddy? And nothing happened. Oh. And do I see that—that uh, that other dimensional arm coming through yet? Uh, you couldn't see this creature before you right, passed your intelligence with. save. How far am I away from the wall? Uh, you're in the center of this room, so it's about 40 feet to any wall from you from here. 
along this huge web that is yeah. currently supporting the Shrieking Skull. Mm. Mm. Well, I think it's a pretty safe assumption that it's not going to phase anytime soon. Not going to phase anytime soon. Okay, uh, Teak is dull, so I definitely would not want to stay here anymore. So uh, I would uh, just probably because I don't really get how it works to begin with. I would probably loosen one hand and kind of pull at my cloak a little bit, and um, I'm going to use it to. Uh, I'm going to turn into a bat, and I'm going to get the. Uh, I'm going to GTFO out of there. Uh, as you are reaching for your cloak, you see again the swaying stops, uh, mm-hmm. and this sort of chittering cooing that's coming out of all of the spiders now starts to rise in crescendo together. You reach up, grab your cloak. Yeah, I would no longer be invisible, I Mm. I assume, when I use the cloak. Yeah, so you do grab the cloak, and it wraps around you, uh, Mm -hmm. compresses your size quickly, and you pop into a little bat. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you do, you feel the shrieking skull, and you actually hear, like, the high tension of the web start to increase in tension as the whole web starts to get pulled down towards the bottom wall of the chamber. Yeah. I am flapping my wee wings as hard as those wee wings will flap. Okay. Um, So you move up and out as you hear this sort of like tension moving. All of that cooing and chittering reaches this just like fever pitch and then stops. Mm -hmm. uh, And you hear the web behind you get released and Mm -hmm. feel the mass of the shrieking skull almost hit you in the back as the web just starts to rock back and forth after something has let go of it. Uh, I definitely do not look back. I am just (laughs) going as hard as I can to get out. Yeah. Um, So as you go up, you see at the top of the hole, the spiders that are at the top start to climb back into the hole, climbing Mm. down sort of backwards uh, and move their way past you as you come out the top. Okay. Uh, So outside, those of you looking back into the cave, see those Yeah, I'm still at the mouth. Yeah. Just like watching it. Uh, So you see them back, back into the hole. uh, Ben is, uh, when he dropped to his knees and uh, was kind of panting heavily, he kind of takes a hold of his uh, holy symbol and starts praying, looking up at the uh, several uh, moons. He's going to pray to Salune, actually, not uh, Sindor. Um, and just kind of, uh, uh, yeah, like, uh, uh, please save us, Salune. Protect us and, and rescue Rowan and, and, and get get us back in, in into our, our homes and our bodies and uh, protect us from the spiders. And just kind of repeating, repeating that. Uh, make a religion check. 18. Okay. So, Rowan, if, if you're just making your way out the front of the cave, I think you, you see the others, like, standing at the edge of the cave. Yeah, as soon as I get out, um, I, I would go back to, to Rowan and um, sort of land uh, kind of heavily on my feet, I guess. And um, Ben hits you with a heavy hug, like, just tackles dead in the in the center. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tight around you as well. I've got an arm kind of around you, and um, I'm... Um, I've got I've got some tears in my eyes I think as well but um, I'm not saying anything about that I'm just kind of giving you a good hug and um, I'm looking at those spiders that are also dancing outside yeah Star reaches out and like grabs you on the shoulder and like looks at you like sort of mm. sort of intently but doesn't say anything yeah I'll meet your gaze and, and give you a nod 
Kara's going to come over and give you a bump with her shoulder. Probably yeah. like in your, you know, gut area or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which will elicit a bit of a grin and I'll be like, all right, yeah. we're, we're, we're all here. We should, we get, let's get back to the cabin. Yeah. Bree has been well, further yes. back out of the cave, just doing that regular, like, animalistic patrol back and forth. Um, very eager to go, but uh, not, like, leaving the group. Just, like, guarding from outside attacks. Ben starts uh, uh, jogging back towards the the cabin. Okay. We, we can go, but it's the same situation. I don't know how we'll get back without a spider. We'll figure Perhaps something out. We can all do magic, except Star. And with Fezrik is a thousand-year-old blood wizard. We will find, we'll figure something out. With okay. a little bit of a, a break, perhaps our, our break. thinking will be clearer. Okay, okay. A, a break A break is a good idea. As everyone's saying that, I tuck the broken teak under my shirt before uh, any of them can see it. And apologies, everyone, I... Um, I sort of lost my cool in there. It's, um, more horrifying than anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it was. It's, uh, eh, totally understandable given the situation. We oh, should sorry. move as far away from here as we can. We need to find, we want to take a rest. We need to find a place to take a proper rest, which is going to be safe. And I don't know if anywhere is safe here, but certainly here is not safe. Mm-hmm. If I can still try to communicate with those on the other side. I think that's a good idea. If the cabin mm-hmm. gets up and walks away, will it take us with us in through through this? It's but I guess they can't go anywhere because we have the bone compass. It's not on this plane. <clears throat> We're not on its plane. Uh, Valen, can you please try to talk to them first before we move away? We need to get closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so as you walk up to the walls, uh, you can sort of like the the walls don't stop you from being able to see anybody anymore. You can see inside the cabin, uh, the woads are sorting everything on the ground. You can see that there's two piles on the ground. Um, and one of the woads is just like covered in like books and candlesticks and stuff. And you can see that they are like chewing on him and... <laughs> The Wodes are like picking up a book and then putting it in a pile and then they pick up another book and shake their hand and it sticks and then they stick it to the Wode with lots of things on it and you can see them sort of sorting through the cabin. (laughs) Diglin is up on the walls just sort of patrolling back and forth with Yuri following behind her and the two of them are arguing and you can hear them like they're very far away kind of muffled but you can hear them saying something but you can't pick out the actual words but you can see that they're definitely having an argument and you can see Fezrik standing with Light Sky and Dust and Bido, and they are outside, like, just kind of watching Yuri and Diglin. And you can see them kind of butting in every once in a while, but they're pretty much being ignored. Um, so once I can see them and they're within 120 feet, um, I'll cast Message at Diglin. Okay. Diglin, this is Valen. We're on the ethereal plane. We are okay for the most part. We don't know how to get back. And Diglin, like, puts her hand on Yuri's face. uh, And then you hear... (laughs) (laughs) And then you hear back in your head, We have to move. Those things are going to be back. Um, I will cast message again. 
Very well. Um, we'll do our best to follow. Uh, we're greatly in need of rest. Okay. Uh, can you... Can you see them? Um, yes. If, if, if they come closer, we'll be able to see them, yes. Alright. Uh, well, how about... I will move us slowly until you think we're safe. You tell me to stop. Uh, uh, y- yes, that that might work. Um, still remains to be seen whether this uh, cabin can carry us or whether we have to walk alongside you. Uh, I think you can already tell the cabin cannot carry you. You even are... like the earth and stuff, like because the ground here can carry us, but the ground up there doesn't. No, so you can actually see. Like it's a lot easier to see the mimic that is all of that ground at this point. Hmm. So the the cabin, the walls, all of that is part of the mimic. It, it, you pass right through it in this realm. He through the illusion. Um, and I'll I'll look back to everyone around us. Uh, it looks like we may still have a bit of a hike ahead of, ahead of us. Um, but we're going to guide Diglin and the others away from this cavern. Good. Uh, so you see like Diglin yelling out to everybody, uh, and them kind of looking up, and everyone just starts looking around, and Yuri is kind of like up on the, and he like runs down the stairs and then is just like holding his hands out and kind of like waving and yelling in a sort of random direction. Uh, um, ben tries to touch his hand. Yeah, it just, it passes right through and it's not uh, like you kind of felt what it was like interacting with a ghost in Tilia Manor. It doesn't even yeah. feel like that. Like your hand doesn't slow down at all. It's like there's nothing there. Yuri starts to raise up away from you. The two of you are like inches apart and then he starts to raise up as the mimic starts to stand back up, now limping with one missing pseudopod, and starts to make its way forward. At first it takes these like big steps and very quickly surges away from you, but then slows down, taking these little half steps forward. Yeah, and so I guess I would just try to direct it in just the exact opposite direction away from the cavern. Okay, yeah. Um, So so, occasionally messaging in. So as it's moving through here, it's a very trying to keep up with them is very difficult but with message being able to talk to Diglin so as you're moving forward like there are rock formations that move their way up and create almost like canyons through this plain it is not a forested place it's very like rocky and barren around Hmm. you and there are small like strange shrubs and it looks forested because you can see the trees of the rotten pines around you, but as you approach them, you just walk through them. Uh, and But then you'll come up on a rock, and that rock will be on this plane, and the cabin will just move through that. So trying to keep up with them is is really difficult, and it's very slow going, but uh, uh, eventually, like after, you know, 20, 25 minutes or so, you manage to move so that you can no longer see the, the cavern behind you. To do that, you do have to kind of go up, and as you go uphill, you get a much better look at the area around you, and you do sort of see this big, barren land all around you. These big boulders, lots of, like, crevices, holes that go into the ground, and you can only see 200 or 300 feet in any direction before things just phase out into this blue fog. Got a low render distance. Yeah, (laughs) you gotta turn up your graphic settings in here. Does it feel like we're, like, risking getting lost? Um, like, I, I feel like maybe a couple of times you would have lost sight of the mimic, which would have been like a kind of panic inducing feeling. Uh, but 
being able to communicate with them, like they they would have stopped when they stopped hearing from Valen and you could catch up. Uh, you can see that the like through talking to Diglin, you find out that the the mimic is walking in a straight line, but it looks drunk to you. Like it is moving all over the place for you to be <clears throat> following it as right. it doesn't have that set direction from the compass. It just seems to be like you see the trees sort of swirling around it as it walks. It's very disorienting. But it's hard to feel lost. I mean, you, you can really only feel lost here because there is no reference. Mm-hmm. So from like our elevated position, I can't see through to the material plane, like the edge of the forest or anything. Not the edge of the forest. You can see. Like you, how far away can we see again? About Roughly 250 over. feet. Okay. And that that's from this elevated spot. But you can see like the remains of Gelra's cabin in one direction. That's the only like landmark that you have outside of the ethereal, right? Hmm. And you can see that the and you can see that because the cabin is starting to almost wind its way back towards it. Um, I guess does it seem like we're we're a, a fair distance away? Like how long have we been moving for? You've been moving for almost half an hour, and for a while now, like probably the past ten minutes, the haze has overtaken where the cave used to be. Hmm. Perhaps here is a good place. To rest, we will certainly need to keep watch. Yes. Mm. Well, I'll take first watch. Okay. I will up with you, Ben. If um, if you see just one small spider, maybe we should try to catch it. Yeah. Uh, wake us up, though. Yeah. I'll I'll take next watch after you guys. Mm. Yeah, I'll be with you, Rowan. Mm. Okay. Very uncharacteristic of Stir to not just sleep. <laughs> Something's up. <laughs> could be something. Could almost be like something is out of the ordinary. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's a spider in a star suit. <laughs> Wait a second. Sp- star doesn't have eight legs. Uh, so what? Yeah, is he only this? has six. Hmm? What, what was that? Bad joke that I think the bad internet killed. Oh, <laughs> no, no, we heard it. <laughs> we wanted no, no, you to repeat. Like, honestly, we just wanted to make sure you were sure. It was definitely the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, what does this area look like? Like um, that we're in a so blue moon. You're up on top of kind of a hill. Around you are the ghosts of all the pines which are sticking up. Yeah, they're very spooky. But they, they're, they like, sticking up through the ground in strange places. Like, it's not like they're rooted along this rays. Like, they are sticking up through the ground. Some of them, you can only see the crowns. On top of this sort of hill that you're on, to your right, you see this big, jagged crevice that makes its way through the ground. Uh, you can't tell how deep it is from here, but it is, from, from what you can tell, probably, like, 60, 70 feet wide. Uh, and you could from this place walk down into it and then out to your left just seems to be like a bunch of boulders small uh these strange like ashy blue bushes which do seem to have some kind of strange fruit growing on them and all around you is kind of just like the mist of the material Hmm. just out of reach Mm -hmm. I would like to examine those berries sure Mm mm-hmm Make a nature check. <laughs> Zero is 14. Never seen anything like this before. Um, Interesting. They are, yeah, they, they're like 
oval, like oblong sort of mm. berries. Mm -hmm. uh, each, each one probably about the size of your forearm. Oh. Oh. Uh, hanging wow. off of this tree, the same color as the leaves and the branches. Hmm. Can I do a history or arcana check about stories about eating strange foods in other realms? <laughs> yeah. Because I don't feel like it's a good idea. But I want to know if Valid thinks it's a bad idea. 25. 25? So I, I think, like, first of all, like, your immediate thought is that it is always a bad idea to eat food found on another plane. Um, <laughs> but I think you would recall something from your family's library of, like, a mage who forages and cooks by plane hopping. Uh, that there are, like, delicacies that can be found on other planes. I don't think you can identify this as whether or not it's one of them. It's This is just an interesting sort of anecdote that you've heard in the past that, like, it's not necessarily right. instant death to hmm. eat something. It's just that there's much, much less information about, like, extra planar fruit than there is about the stuff <laughs> you're used to. Well, we cannot eat spider. I have eaten much worse would, thing than this. We, I would exercise we extreme caution. Probably shouldn't. I don't know what it is. And, um, you know, berries can go, you know, sort of one of two ways. They can be pretty much edible or they can be completely... Completely inedible, very dangerous, poisonous. All right, um, let's let's take the brie answer to this. I'm going to crack open <laughs> one of the berries, smell it with a survival check for poison, and then I'm going to eat it, probably regardless of what that check says. <laughs> okay, make a survival check. Uh, it is a 22 on survival. So, brie, what's the deal with ethereal plain food? <laughs> I do not know this uh, word. Uh, ethereal. <laughs> Gross. Brie has seemed <laughs> extremely out of her element died. the entire time we have been here. Um, she has no concept of the other planes. She does not know where she is. Uh, I think that joke went over his head, man. Food. He's the lucky one, then. Uh, well, okay, hold on. Let me let me try it again. Okay, sorry, go. What's the deal with ethereal plane food? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's gold. Oh! Gold. So we'll cut the oh. beginning and the end of that. Uh, I think there's something wrong with the internet. You made a lot of weird sounds just then when you were saying that. No, it was if it wasn't for the internet, trust me, that was really good. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good family guy reference, you know? <laughs> solid, solid family guy goof. Uh so you crack open this fruit. The husk of it is quite tough, almost like a this is this is another issue, is I wanna say the word nut, but I know some of us won't be able to handle it. I think we can all handle nuts. It has a hard <laughs> bark on the outside. <laughs> Take three. Can't handle it anyway. Uh, oh my god! It, it's a it's like a tough exterior, but when you crack it open, it is. <laughs> we do respect your art, Mike. We really do. No, you don't. <laughs> so, Mitch, it's, it's you see the problem is that like I was never like that, and done. now because of Mitch, I am more like that. <laughs> like I'm getting worse, not better. You know what I mean? Like too. Like it's a poison. It's infectious. Stupidity is infectious. Yeah, I've heard. I that. am realizing right now that it is impossible, <laughs> in, like completely impossible to. Talk about someone opening and examining a fruit without it being sexual. <laughs> there is no That's combinations of, of words fruit. that can I mean, be used. It's a sexual it's organ. Gushing right? it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it bursts. No. <laughs> it has a tender, moist interior. 
Okay. Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm a fucking adult. I can. <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> uh huh. Please. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry. Continue. The fruit is hard on the outside and soft on the inside. Uh... <laughs> I guess I stick my fingers in it like a raccoon does to a cucumber. You know, like the. It's just like it's not. In any efficient way, they're not even, like, really looking to eat it. They're just like, well, what's this? It's a squishy thing. Uh, yeah, so it, it sort of falls apart. There's a bunch of seeds in it. Yeah, it, it, it looks like it would be a pleasant thing to sort of, like, scoop stuff out of. Like, this husk kind of works like a bowl. Cool. Yeah, breathe, breathe to the inside. Okay. Make a con save. Because <laughs> it just tastes so, so that good. That is a 5 plus 8. 13. 13? Uh, yeah, so you eat it. And it is pretty like it's not as tasty as it looks, but it's not bad. It's just kind of bland. Uh, there's quite a few seeds in it, but they give like a nice crunch and you don't uh, immediately like burst into flames or drop dead. Yeah. yeah it usually takes a couple hours. Yeah. Bria is kind of like pouring this fruit into her long crocodile mouth and just kind of like as it's kind of like spilling out all over. And then mm-hmm. it's like, eh, he is okay. He's kind of like mushroom. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, that's you know not that's good. Some things take a great deal of time for them to have effect. Uh, please, no one else. No. Um. Let's wait and see what happens. If Bree gets a stomachache or something. If Bree understands this concept that- enough not to just eat the entire thing crazily, <laughs> um, just enough to get a con save and. and- Wait that out. <laughs> uh, can I assume that I've messaged to Diglin and they're they're stopped as well, right? Yes, yeah, they have stopped. Okay. Uh, what's the temperature? Uh, it is cold, but it's like a fall, like a fall evening. Okay. Uh, there is no like, there's no moisture in the air. There's no breeze either, which is strange because you can it's see. One. The, hey, oh, uh, you right. can see the trees uh, on the material plane, sort of swaying back and forth. And even like standing next to them, they might sway into you and then back, but the, the, a dead still air around you. And it's like quiet, eh? Like very, I very quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except for like the, you can hear like the muffled, like a conversation happening behind three doors of the people sort of Terrible. moving around you on the material. But I think hmm. Bree would uh, um, take her winter cloak and just like wrap it around Ben while they're on watch. Um, so that Ben can stay a little more hidden, as I'm perpetually more afraid of everybody else on the team being eaten by spiders than I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and Ben doesn't have his uh, armor or uh, coat or shield right. or weapons. If you had uh, tough skin like Bree, you would not need to worry about the armor. Perhaps um, we should cuddle up and try and get some sleep. Mm, it makes sense. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rowan is off. Sort of off to the side. Uh, he, he doesn't cuddle up with you guys, but he settles down. And freezes to death. <laughs> <laughs> the end. In the mm. temperate fall air. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ben is, is uh, like, he doesn't, like, when you put the, the cloak around him and stuff, he, he accepts it, but he's he's been pretty, pretty quiet, uh, kind of gazing off into the middle distance. But he is alert. Like he's he's definitely looking around a little too much. He's never actually been on watch before. Okay. 
Um, so you can make a perception check. Uh, is everyone else going to sleep, or is it Bree and Ben? Bree and Ben on watch. Bree and Ben. Okay. Uh, so Bree and Ben can do perception. Okay, I got a one plus seven is an eight. Roll the okay. five plus five <laughs> is a ten. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amazing. We're so dead. <laughs> As the the first hour sort of goes by. Nothing really of note happens, just still quite quiet. Uh, you do notice that a bit of a wind does pick up, uh, so th- it is not immune to weather. There is, like, a weather system here. It was just still before. Um, so you start to feel this this wind move over, but it is, like, hot, like a hot wind uh, mm. that, that blows through. Like, very, very dry. When it moves, like, past you, it, like, dries out your eyes a bit. Um, with this sort of weird heat like a desert um no like you've been in the in the desert this is like a wind that's like blowing directly off of a fire oh okay yeah you don't smell smoke or anything but that's the feel like your eyes kind of burn the forest fire we started oh no (laughs) Bree, do you feel that yes he's not natural though very little about this place seems to be should we wake everyone up it is not too strong yet. It could just be weather. Okay. And you can see that Bree Bree looks concerned over this, but um, it's a very it's a very similar facial expression that she's had uh, basically since <laughs> leaving the spider's cave um, and having her reality destroyed. <laughs> yeah, Ben defers to uh, Bree's guidance, and uh, then his like he starts to fall asleep. Okay, as your watch continues, this really hot breeze moves over you and eventually goes back down to, like, a temperate fall night. You, you do feel like a mist sort of quickly follow this hot breeze as it, as it moves down, and the distance that you can see from here starts to creep in as this mist moves through. Uh, so now you can see about 100 feet away in all directions, but still no problem seeing the cabin. And is it night, day? We can't tell what time it is, can we, here? Uh, You you haven't really been here long enough to tell, but it is dark. Like, it's pretty dark. Yeah. I guess that was, like, my main question is, like, as as darkness creeps in, which I'm equating this mist to kind of being like, um, I would look at maybe getting the others up from, to, like, to start their watch early. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think um, like your your dark vision wouldn't really be kicking in, but you are being lit by these vision. three moons. No, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, a, it, like it, it's not really affecting you because the these three moons are above, and there's no like trees blocking oh, okay. them or anything. Mm. So there is this pale purple wash over everything, as like the largest of those moons is a is a purple moon that uh, yeah does does create quite a bit of light. And it's been it's been asleep. Has he fallen asleep? Ben is fully asleep, like, yeah, fully out. Yeah, then I would just keep watch for now. Okay, yeah. um, so for the second half, you can make another perception check. Fall asleep on the watch. Yeah. Seven plus five. This dice is going in jail for the rest of the session. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a uh, 12. 12? Okay. So, yeah, the rest of it goes by. That, that mist moves in but holds about 100 feet of sight on either side of you, and nothing else really catches your eye yeah. hmm. i would uh pick up ben bring him over to the uh, uh pile of cuddles i guess 
uh, and and put him in, and then just kind of shake stir. I say when you, when you scoop Ben up, like his eyes kind of like blink open, and you see that like half of his head is like molted, and like his hair is showing again, and like one of his eyes is human, but like misshapen, and like uh, <laughs> he looks real jacked up. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and he's just like well. Seven. He's okay, Ben. Get get rest. Our, our watch is over. Okay, good. And um, yeah, I think I, I would like pull the hood up further over Ben's face to hide that <laughs> from anyone. And then would, yeah, uh, yeah just kind of uh, uh, rouse Star and Rowan. Probably Star first, just like, but like wake up Star and then knowingly like give Star 15, 20 minutes to get up out of bed. Um, as I yeah. go over and wake up Rowan away from the rest of the group. Mm. Yeah. Star, even though Star is willing to get up this time, he does roll over a bunch of times before. <laughs> yeah. Once he, yeah. And uh, yeah, I would, okay, I would but, wake up Rowan and say, uh, Rowan, it has been quiet, but uh, it has become mm. more and more difficult to see out there. This place is weird. I do not know. Everything is upside down for me. Yeah. Yeah, this is a weird old place. Uh this is, uh, well, this is the ethereal plane, so this is all kinds of spooky and weird. Uh, it's unfamiliar to me. Uh, we had the forest, and uh, that was one thing, and then I spent time living in the sands. Uh, mm. But I have never been to land like this. Yeah, this is this is something that's, oh, well, I mean, uh, realms and planes are a whole, are a whole afternoon in class, I'm afraid, but it's, think of it as sort of like a, weird place that's kind of hanging in time with our own but not quite the same you know kind of like uh you know those little water bugs that uh kind of float on top of the streams or, or like still water they they kind of walk around on top yes when we were very small we would eat them yeah yeah well, well the ethereal plane is sort of like a whole kind of world that does that on top of ours it, it sort of uh, walks around on it in sort of the same place but it, it's just sort of outside I would think for one who grew up mostly underwater, I would feel more at home in a place like this, but <laughs> I do not know uh, left from right, up from down. Yeah. Yeah, you and me both. You, you get some sleep, Bree. Yes. Uh, it's a good idea. Uh, and you can see that like Bree is, is, is exhausted from the day. Um, mm -hmm. Ran through all of her stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you, you sleep. If there's any problems, don't don't worry. I'll, I'll wake you. you. You get some sleep. I will stay close by. Uh, and yeah, uh, Bree would uh, likewise to Rowan uh, not join the whole group of everyone else, um, but instead kind of sleep near the the lookouts. Mm. As a as, like when I think Star is still asleep, but like once this conversation happens between the two of them, that's when he's finally he finally like rolls over and gets up and. Makes his way over and plunks down on a rock next to wherever Rowan's sitting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably, yeah. Uh, I, I was just sitting on the ground, I think. Um, sort of knees up, arms around them, just kind of head swiveling. Um, mm -hmm. So? Yeah. Uh, what happened? I'll pull, uh, I'll pull Teak out, and I'll show Star the, the broken and, and dull. Mm. Uh, I have to. I'm far from an expert on these sorts of things. But uh, do you have any idea what happened? Uh, I don't. I don't feel him here anymore. Hmm. But you normally do. Yeah, normally I do, but I don't now. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry, Rowan. Losing one's family is a. 
You know, when we were small, we used to play hide-and-seek all the time. <laughs> we, I mean, we'd spend days doing it. And one time, he, we were playing the game, and, and he uh, he jumped in. There's a well up in old Levin's place. You, you, you wouldn't know it, but it's it's a well. We don't, we don't really use it anymore. And he, he jumps right into this well to hide. I mean, no rope, no ladder. He just jumps in. No way out. He was in there. Oh, I don't know. Silly, silly fur boy. I'd say a day and a half before I found him. Mom and Pop were furious with him. Uh, just, just, you know, thinking ahead and, and finding your way out and all that stuff. And, and, and Teak just had this, had his dumb old grin on his face. And he just, he just calmly, well, he, he just told Mom and Pop that it was fine because I always found him. Just, uh, just a matter of time. Mm. But uh, I always found him. Uh, is he uh, older or younger? Oh, I, I would always tease him that that he was older, uh, and he'd always tease me that I was younger. But I mean, w- we weren't really born much apart, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know. And uh, Star like looks over to where wherever Dust would be sleeping right now. Where mm. where is he? You could probably even see him. Yeah. So none of them are in the cabin right now. You can see the woods are still in there. Like, they, they've been working sort of all night with uh, Fezrik sort of standing there with his arms crossed next to them. Fezrik is, is like, basically asleep standing up. But in the caravan, I think when you sort of, like, look... It's weird, like, when you look on certain angles, it's like you can suddenly see through the walls that would normally uh, keep them there. And you can see Light and Sky are, like, sitting there, and they're just sort of, like, playing with his hair. None of them are asleep. They're all awake. Yeah, so Star, like, looks over and looks over at the caravan and is like, Yeah, an older brother. I can uh, feel like you feel like you're, um, you're they're, they're only right there, but then uh, they're so far away. You can't interact with them. I can't believe that this is what, this is the kind of things you've been going through day after day. He's right there, but you can't interact with him. <laughs> it's yeah. awful. And now for, I, I don't know what to say. Lilia told me that she thinks she knew what it was. Hmm. She seemed to, to have a whole idea about it. So, uh... What does that mean? So I guess I'll be chatting with her then. Did she say something more specific? It's just a matter of time, right? Just a uh, matter of time, and, and we'll be back with Dust, and, and we'll be back with, with Sky, and we'll be back with all of them, and, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll find Teak too, and, uh, just, just a matter of time. Yeah, it's just just a matter of time, right? Uh, the, the two of you can make a perception check. 26. 26? Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> because the moral of this whole fucking adventure is four. <laughs> four. <laughs> Star, I feel like your attention keeps getting pulled away to uh, your family sitting in the caravan. Throughout the night, uh, you can see none of them are really sleeping. They're all kind of up. Like Yuri is just sort of sitting on the edge of the caravan just like looking around kind of talking to himself Bido is uh up and kind of wandering the outside he has a rope tied around himself and is just like wandering the outside of the perimeter around the cabin um Rowan you're kind of like keeping a good eye out um you've got a good look at your surroundings this mist is kind of very slowly moving in it's probably gone from 100 to 80 feet of vision around you mm-hmm. 
And so really the only thing to look at is up. Uh, you can see these, these three moons above you. And beyond them you can see uh, before the first light starts to peak uh, over the ridge, you can see the stars. And you can see after a minute, you can sort of start to separate the stars from your plane to the stars of the material plane, which you can okay. see like just behind. But with a 26, I think you can see that there are like three distinct skies that you are looking at, like all at oh. the same time. Yeah, so you, you can notice some familiar constellations and you realize that that material sky is sandwiched in between two other ones. You can see uh, stars that seem to exist somewhere beyond and some that are closer to you on the astral plane. Um, but then this that sky sort of starts to uh, bleach out as the sun rises, um, casting this blue light over the landscape, uh, evaporating the fog that has been slowly creeping in on you. Okay. Uh, and everybody wakes up with a long rest. Da, na, na, na. I'm obliged to ask, is that you know a level up? Long rest? Okay. No. Just, <gasps> what? I what? just have to ask it's at How? this point. How could it not be? You haven't figured it out yet. We've come Escape to the edge of my our puzzle. own sanity. And reap the rewards. We'll get trapped in a time loop forever again. <laughs> oh, did I say everyone wakes up? Everyone wakes up except for Bree. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Bree does really? not wake oh. up. Oh, Bree does not shit. wake up. Oh, okay. Do I still get a long rest? <laughs> Real long rest. <laughs> oh, poison fruit. Yeah. A sleeping. We don't sleeping know that fruit. it's poison. You, Look, I got 20 con. Who, I'm uh, playing my character like she's got 20 con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like, it was totally... Hello, so someone's hello. got plane shift, right? Plane shift? There's six yeah, of Yeah, well, Kara's probably got knowledge of plane shift since, you know, druids and their pre-training mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, do you, what do you think the odds are I get that at level six? Oh, <laughs> a risk I'm not willing to take. <laughs> I mean, odds are low. It's a seventh level spell. Yeah. What's going on with old Bree? You went to sleep. What does Bree think about before she goes to bed? What's Bree's bedtime routine? Ooh, I think choose your answer carefully. I think. <laughs> I mean, before going to bed, there would definitely be a bit of a, a, a cleaning ritual. Obviously, we're stuck in this weird place. We don't know whether or not this food is edible. Uh, Brie primarily thinks with her stomach a lot of the time and about, like, what the next meal will be. And normally, a lot of her sleep is focused around... Um, her dreams and the rune work that she's kind of curved into a lot of her scales, uh, trying to piece together what the different uh, 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 words and memories and everything mean. In this case, I think uh, a lot of this would be thrown out the window as, as I've said, Bria's kind of had this, this reality shattering event happen um, where she's understanding there are like worlds under worlds and above worlds and everything else. I think the water example got through pretty well to her. Um, so I think she would probably be thinking a lot about her childhood um, growing up, uh, um, you know, in the water, mostly uh, in the swamps of the wilds. Um, so as you are sort of drifting off to sleep with those thoughts in your head, you spend the whole night tormented by extremely vivid dreams. 
So you are back in your childhood and all of you, you and your brood are sort of down by the river, like feeding, uh, practicing hunting, just sort of some of you are just lazing in the sun. Some of the older members of your family are watching over you uh, while you're still quite soft and vulnerable. And you are looking across the water and you are kind of like tracking a water bug as it skitters across, just casting ripples on ripples on ripples outward. And as you're looking into those ripples, you look up and see a set of eyes, not lizard folk eyes, but this soft skin, which has been colored green using like mud and moss, perfectly blending in with the surroundings around this thing across the river. And you see them lock eyes with you and start to raise a spear. Then you are running and you're watching members of your family just getting pulled into the bushes or launched up in the air with preset traps and vines, running into a stampede of these huge sort of like stegosaurus-like dinosaurs trying to lose whoever is after you. You're scattered. You can hear fighting behind you, like the roars of some of your elders as they fight with something that you can't see, just these blurs. Uh, But it seems like everywhere you look, you see those eyes watching you from the shadows. Everyone else, while you are waking up in the morning, you can see Bree sort of tossing and turning back and forth, roaring. It, it looks like she's in pain. Brazizia. Uh, Brazizia, wake up. I do uh, nothing. I nothing do not changes. wake up. <laughs> Benjamin, Kara, Liza. is there anything you can do? Um, maybe, maybe it was poison after all. Give me a minute. I have to look at my staff. Yeah, Ben sits up and, like, rubs his eye and, like, a bunch of feathers kind of flop off. What? Uh, I believe the fruit that Brazizia ate is is disagreeing with her. Uh, and I'll just be casting prestidigitation and trying to, like, cool her down and, like, wiping sweat off her brow. Oh, oh no. Uh, so, Bree, you feel hands sort of grab you, like, reach out of the brush and grab you. Yep. Uh, what do you do? I think, uh, 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 given this uh, this such early childhood of mine, uh, it would be like a yelp and a squirm and try to run away from it. Okay, um, so you feel yourself just kind of picked up, overpowered by this, and again, now you're held up in front of this soft skin face with these just piercing yellow eyes. And I think I would be, uh, Bree would be kind of roaring out um, for her brothers and sisters for them to like come to her aid um, so you look around you can see you're like in the middle of this stampede um, you look around you see other brothers and sisters being plucked up out from the brush all of those who are near the edge getting picked up and carried away spears flying into the underbrush and roaring and slowly the stampede makes their way off into the forest the rest of your brood seems to have been carried away too but this person is just holding you and looking at you. But not harming me in any way? Not harming you in any way, just what, like, it looks like they are studying you intently. Bree locks eyes, sorry, I rolled and rolled a 20. Bree just locks eyes with it and has this moment of, like, calm wash over her and kind of goes against her natural instinct of to start fighting immediately against it. 
uh, realizing that it's not doing her immediate harm. Yeah, and as you sort of calm and stop struggling, their face kind of like tilts to the side, questioningly. And yeah, uh, would still be trying to, you know, it's like, it's like uh, you know, if you pick up a cat that doesn't want to be picked up and it will kind of have a moment of like, it will relax its body when it realizes. And then if it gets the person to relax at all, tries to like spring out uh, and, and slip out again. Okay. So you try to slip out. You feel the hands close around you, but now you feel this pulse of electricity moving through your scales and looking down you see runes in your scale starting to light up that weren't there when you were Mm -hmm. a child but you can see them and you can feel this sort of power moving through you i would would roar and try to bark electricity the clouds above you swirl and strike this person with lightning and they just turn to dust in front of you And as that dust clears and you find yourself, like, coughing, you look around and there are huge white and blue crystals sticking up out of the ground. And from the clouds above you, you hear, No need to fear. Never fear again. Hello, it's Mike Fardy, your Dungeon Mom. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wonders and Blunders. If you're enjoying the show and want more updates, check us out on Twitter and Instagram, at Wonder and Blunder. And if you want to support us in a more monetary way, you can head over to patreon.com slash wonderandblunder and check out our tiers for donation. We appreciate all that, but most of all, just your continued support through listening. And so as always, keep being the best. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.